Well, let's talk about sometimes I live without hope. I live without hope, and many other believers and non-believers live without hope. In the last few weeks, I've come to realize how many people, including believers, live without hope. And they feel hopeless. They sense that they are hopeless. They live with this nagging feeling that no matter what they do, nothing is going to change. So it is hopeless. On my last trip to Montreal, I met with a man who is in his early 40s, and he lives without hope. In his mind, he has no future, no open door to a bright future, no way out of his current situation, no potential for change, and no possibility of overcoming what he's facing in life. In a recent visit with one of my sons, a friend's wife has a brain tumor. They took 90% of it out in a recent operation. The doctors have said there's no hope, that there's no treatment that will save her. And they are parents of a one-year-old living without hope. Ivan, who's a 19-year-old in North Kazakhstan, wrote me and said, I'm afraid that I'm in the wrong place where I should be. I'm constantly faced with misunderstanding, with deceit, hypocrisy, and even betrayal sometimes. And to all this has added a whole bunch of ministry that I do not want to do and should because I'm in full-time ministry. I don't even have someone to talk to. I'm sick of everything. Every day I put on my mask with a smile and try not to show others that something is wrong with me. And no one even notices. I don't need attention. I don't need money to make me happy. I just want at least one person who will be sincere with me to the end and will never betray or deceive me in my life. In other words, he's living without hope. Hope is a very powerful life force. Without hope, people lose the will to change and often even the will to live. It's one of the three key elements every human being needs. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 states, Now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Let me define hope. Hope is desired accompanied by expectation of or belief in a fulfillment. Hope is to desire with expectation of obtainment. Hope is to expect with confidence. And as believers, our hope is supposed to be anchored in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the promise of Scripture. So we stir into our hope the understanding that Jesus is alive and that his words are true and will come to pass. The foundation of our hope, Jesus, our living hope, is that Jesus is alive and has opened the door into eternity in heaven for us and has prepared a place for us with him. When people live without hope, without hope, prisoners die, prisoners of war languish and die. Without hope, students get discouraged and drop out of school. Without hope, athletic teams fall into a slump and continue to lose. Without hope, fledgling writers longing to be published run out of determination. Without hope, addicts return to their habits. Without hope, marriage partners decide to divorce. And without hope, inventors, artists, entertainers, entrepreneurs, even preachers lose their creativity. 
Hope is not just a nice option that helps us temporarily clear a huddle. It is essential to our survival. Hope is basic to life. And without that needed spark of hope, we're doomed to a dark, grim existence. Take away our hope, and our world is reduced to something between depression and despair. Give people hope, and hope restores. Hope helps us to press on and move forward. Hope allows us to endure. Hope helps us to stay focused. Hope brings something solid, stable, and sure into everyday life. I was reading recently in the Gospel written by Luke, who is a medical doctor. Jesus is talking about his coming arrest and eventual crucifixion. Peter, speaking sincerely, says that he will follow Jesus even to prison and death. Luke 22, verse 23, sorry, 33. Luke 22, verse 33. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus immediately responds, and it was not an encouraging prophetic word, in verse 34, Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. After his arrest and then Peter's denial, the fisherman is crushed and broken. He is without hope. He knows he will no longer be a leader. He knows that he is no longer close to Jesus, that he has betrayed the one that he said he would not betray. In Luke 22, verses 61 and 62. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter, remembering the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Jesus dies on the cross, and Peter's hope is now totally crushed. It's over. The Lord is dead. All plans are now null and void. So Peter goes back to fishing, his original occupation, his family company. Then on Easter Sunday, Jesus is raised from the dead bodily, and an angel appears and says, Go and tell his disciples that he is risen. He's not here. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Well, you know the story. You're believers. But I left the most important part out of that verse. Let me read it to you again and put it in. Mark 16, verse 7. Go and tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. What is Jesus doing by mentioning and Peter? He's restoring hope in Peter's life. The significance of those two words, and Peter, cannot be overestimated, overstated. Peter and Peter, words that restore hope to Peter. They reintroduce hope into the fisherman's life. Without this hope, he would not have recovered as he was living as one without hope. Without this hope, he would never have become one of the two key leaders of the early church, Peter and Paul. Upon hearing of his Savior's, Savior's resurrection, and also his Savior's concern that he personally be given the message, Peter had hope beyond his failure. Peter had hope beyond his betrayal of Jesus. Peter was rescued by grace, but Peter was restored by hope. So it is Peter that we turn to if we want to understand even the basics of hope. This letter, the first of two by Peter, 
is written to believers scattered throughout current day Turkey. You'd find that in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Christians being persecuted for their faith and often hiding from authorities. Christians suffering hard times, living without hope that things will ever change. Christians away from home, not by choice, but by force. Christians pushed out of the familiar and pushed into a world that was unfamiliar and hostile to them. But the key here is to know they are still God's chosen and destined people. They have not been thrown to the earth like dice tossed across the table. They have been sovereignly and lovingly placed in this situation for a purpose by God. They're born-again believers that are reading these words by, first, by Peter. God has given them a purpose for living, a reason to go on, even though they had hit hard times and were suffering many losses. They were to live in hope regardless. So let's read 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to read verses 3 to 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. In these amazing verses, there are six reasons why we can rejoice through tough times and in the process of going through those tough times, experience hope. Experience hope even when life is not turning out the way we had hoped it would. Let me give you those six points. One, we have a living hope. Verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We're on a journey and are here on this earth for a very short time. And the journey has a destination, eternity in heaven. And everything that happens here and now is just a part of this much longer journey with this wonderful destination. Everything that happens to us now is simply leading us to our eternal destination, getting us ready for eternity. There is a saying that when we put things into perspective, it doesn't amount to a hill of beans. Well, when you look at things on this journey in light of your final destination, whatever is happening right now doesn't even amount to one bean. This hope of living forever, this hope of being rescued and living with Jesus forever, I'm sorry, this hope of being resurrected and living with Jesus forever, this is a living hope based on the resurrection of the firstborn, Jesus. To the unsaved, hope is a mental fantasy 
like wishing on a star. It's the kind of Disneyland hope that says, I sure wish I win the lottery. I hope my son comes home someday. I hope everything works out okay. That's not a living hope. That's simply wishful thinking. But to those of us who are born again, who are saved by grace through faith, we have been born again to a living hope founded on the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We can trust that Jesus' words are true and will come to pass, that this journey called life has meaning and purpose because of the final destination. Remember, Jesus went through tough times, tests, trials, temptations, tribulation, and he came out of it eternally alive. And so we will we with his help. He is our living hope. And what we are going through isn't the end of the story. It's just simply part of the journey, a rough part of the journey that leads us to the right destination. So we can live with tremendous hope regardless. Secondly, we have a permanent inheritance. We have this living hope, which includes a permanent inheritance. 1 Peter 1.4, that we are living to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. It's a permanent inheritance, a secure home in heaven. God is guarding and protecting it. It is ready, it is permanent, and will be lasting all through eternity. Nothing can destroy it, nothing can defile it, nothing can diminish it, nothing can displace it. I can buy a plane ticket online, pay extra to reserve an aisle seat in the middle of the plane. I have reserved a flight, and I have reserved a seat on that flight. But when I arrive, they've changed the plane being used on the route. There are fewer seats, and the seat I picked actually doesn't even exist on this plane. The flight is now overbooked, and I may get bumped because I booked it using points and not money. So you arrive slightly later than planned to find out that the airline has sold your seat to someone else. That is not a permanent inheritance. I reserve a hotel room only to arrive and find they have no record of the reservation and no available rooms. In heaven, those kinds of things are not going to happen. So we can live with tremendous hope regardless. Thirdly, we have divine protection. Verse 5, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last times. We're protected by the most efficient security system available, the power of God. No matter what happens out there in the world, our souls are divinely protected. And this protection is entirely and directly the work of God. We simply need to trust God to protect us by his power because everything is father-filtered. Nothing and no one can take me home, take my life, unless Jesus says so. So we can live with tremendous hope, regardless. Number four, we live with hope because we have a developing faith. Verses six and seven. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 
The joy is unconditional. It doesn't depend on circumstances. We rejoice because we have a living hope as we go through the tough times. And joy comes in spite of our suffering, not because of it. James tells us that we are to count it all joy when we're going through trials and testings. That's in verse 2 of chapter 1. Because these tests and trials are helping us to develop faith and to develop trust in God, to see us through the rough waters. Trials are often necessary, proving to you the genuineness of your faith, as well as helping your faith to grow and develop, growing your faith deeper and stronger. So we live with tremendous hope regardless. We live with tremendous hope because we have a living hope, we have a permanent inheritance, we have a divine protection, and we have a developing faith. Number five, we can live with tremendous hope because we have an unseen Savior. Verse 8, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Keep in mind the context. The Christians have been dispersed throughout the Roman Empire, and many of them are suffering and are being persecuted. And Peter is offering solid meat to chew on here. He's telling us that Jesus, who is also persecuted and suffered, is standing alongside us in the furnace of hard times. He is there even though we cannot physically see him. Just as he was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were thrown into the fiery furnace in Daniel's day, so we can live with tremendous hope regardless. And then number six, we have a guaranteed deliverance. Verse 9, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is not the kind of delivery the airlines promise when you check your bag before boarding a flight. They guarantee delivery, not just when, not, just not when it will happen. But when it comes to spiritual delivery, we never have to worry. God guarantees delivery of our souls. Delivery from present sin, delivery from our present bodies when we receive our glorified body, and deliverance from all pain and sorrow when we get to heaven. You will get to where you are supposed to be, guaranteed, so that we can live with tremendous hope regardless. So, summarizing, we can all live with tremendous hope because we have a living hope, Jesus Christ, who's been raised from the dead. We have a permanent inheritance, a place in heaven guaranteed for us. We have a divine protection. The power of God is protecting us and our souls. We have a developing faith so that we grow stronger and deeper in our faith in God. We have an unseen Savior who is there beside us regardless. And we have a guaranteed deliverance. We will make it. And so will our baggage. Hope is a very powerful life force. Without hope, people lose the will to change. Without hope, people often even lose the will to live. It's one of three key elements every human being needs. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. So our definition of hope Desire accompanied by expectation of or belief in fulfillment. To desire with expectation of obtainment. And to expect with confidence. I like the third one. As believers, our hope is supposed to be anchored in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the promise of Scripture. So we stir into our hope 
the understanding that Jesus is alive, and that his words are true, and that his words are coming to pass and will come to pass. The foundation of our hope, our living hope, is that Jesus is alive and has opened the door into eternity in heaven for us and has prepared a place for us with him. And that life is simply a small and short part of the journey that we're on and that there is much more to come.